there you have it yep. so all, all right, right. We are live on Facebook, and welcome to the episode with Pat Roach, former sales leader of the Cadillac organization, the founder of that organization, as well as Southwestern Real Estate. Uh, we're excited to have you on, Pat. We've had a few of your uh, co-workers join us and share their awesome stories. You're working with some studs over there. so Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Pretty soon you'll have the whole crew on. I remember, <laughs> yeah, right? I remember when I first... Uh, like pseudo met you was at sales school when you did the uh the balloon keynote speech and i actually <laughs> held one of those balloons that you popped you did so, yeah i did that was my second summer so oh wow i'll never forget um, <laughs> do you remember standing backstage when i made a point like this is not about you this yeah. is about me yes <laughs> let's not let's not make it about you just oh, do yeah. what i'm telling you don't make it about you. Hey, yeah. all, all I had to say to that is that's some big Patton Oswald energy. I don't know if you're familiar with his comments, oh, yeah? but you're, you're a funny guy just like that guy. So, um, okay. I mean, I do like Patton Oswald, but I don't know that that's his thing. Tell me more. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk legend. more about that later. <laughs> okay. You want to share some, some impressive stats from this impressive human as we yeah this episode? Yeah, first of all, thanks, Pat, for being on. It's so awesome to have you. Um, this yeah. is uh, this is so fun that we've been getting to know people from Southwestern who are legendary, and uh, it's just been cool to get to know all sorts of different people. So thanks for being on. Um, wanted to share and brag about you a little bit. I mean, most most uh, most of the people who are legends in this in this organization that we worked with, uh, you know, are also super humble, <laughs> and so you wouldn't share this about yourself unless we asked. And so I wanted to share and celebrate you a little bit. So uh, you went to Wheaton College. Um, and uh, sold for six summers. Uh, you founded the Cadillac organization. Um, you were the, your first summer, you were the number six first year, uh, yeah. who then Kevin Stitt, who's the current governor of Oklahoma, was the number one first year. Man, just a little bit. You almost got, you almost had him. You almost had him. Just think what uh, I could have been if I was number could, one. You could, like, I'd that's for everybody, anybody listening right now, if you're in the book field, like, if you're number one, you could be governor someday. But if you only if get to number, number six, six, you'll be president uh, of some real estate gig. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, not bad. Yeah. Plus sixth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, 13, uh, 13 summers, or I guess 13 years of a Southwestern career. You were at DSM for six of them, which is incredible. Um, Excellence Award winner for you won the DSM of the DSM of the year three times, which is insane um fantastic human being of course and then uh, you recruited sheridan mcdonald and dave brown you know some right. some guys that sold some books so that's right <laughs> fantastic to have you guys. on thank you for being here yeah man uh as i said in our warm-ups i am a total fanboy uh, i am not afraid to admit i have listened to almost every single episode and uh yeah it's it, the first time i listened to it i was like okay Take the Action Catalyst podcast and then add a little Stern to it. And then it's like a little Howard Stern. And then you've got what you guys have here, which is uh, pretty <laughs> impressive to be able to pull that off. Well, thank you. Thank you. Minus the strippers and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, offensive comments. But he's he's hilarious, no doubt. That's the edge that we like to bring to this conversation of like, hey, we yeah. all have this weird thing in college, right? Yeah, we did what now? Yeah, we've talked to dozens, if not hundreds of thousands of people, random strangers at their door about just helping their kids out with education. So who was Pat Roach um, way, way back in the day as a 19, 20, 21 year old 
first learning about books and how did you get recruited? Yeah, so you know, I, I will say this too. One of the things that has really surprised me about listening to your podcast is how um, my story of my Southwestern experience has been so sanitized by the version that you tell all the time. Mm. And then listening to your podcast, you really, it starts to break it back up into uh, like the stuff that actually happened because you hear other people talking about it. You're like, oh, wait, that actually happened to me. Um, Did we lose Andres or is he just listening in in dark? Yeah, I suppose. This happens like on every episode. So (laughs) I think it's kind of your shtick. A little bit. Yeah. There he is. All right. So here's what I would say. Um, So freshman year at Wheaton College, I decided I would go home. I was pretty excited to get home and see all my high school friends. And that was, you know, I I grew up in a town of 2000 people in Wisconsin. So I got back home and I started working the restaurant I was working at Clinton Kitchen. Awesome. In Clinton, Wisconsin. And, um, but I knew I had to make money for school. So I picked up a second restaurant job, washing dishes at night at a fancy restaurant. And then I was like detasseling corn, shout out to Matt Atchison. (laughs) I was detasseling corn in the morning from like 5 a.m. until like eight. Then I would leave that, ride my bike from the cornfields into town, change clothes, go to my first restaurant job, go to my second restaurant job and come home around midnight. Wow. And so I was like working all the time and uh, didn't have a ton of fun. I was just kind of like hanging with my friends when I could, but they were all busy and half of them didn't come home. Yeah. So uh, sophomore year when I was at Wheaton College, I had actually, I was the perfect prospect. Like the week before I got a phone call, I was like investigating jobs on cruise ships, you know, and things like, I was like, I don't want to go home and I, I want to just see what's, what, what are my options, you know? And, uh, then this guy, Jason Grimes called me up and he, uh, was a very cool dude, like six, four, super handsome, really smart, great taste in music, you know, pretty elevated dude. And he's like, hey, what'd you do last summer? And I told him, he's like, well, I had this summer job selling books in Michigan and I made $12,000 and I'm going to go do it again. And uh, that was 1993. So, I mean, way back machine. And I was like, dude, I worked three jobs to make 3,500 bucks. Like this is, that's sick. Yeah. Well, I probably didn't say sick. That wasn't a word then, but uh, that's all basically... (laughs) that was awesome so I go uh and he's like well listen there's a guy that's going to explain the program there's only a few seats so you know I need if I'm going to give you one of these seats then I need to know you're going to be there and I'm like hey yeah I'll be there I want to do it Uh, I want to hear about it and I'm thinking working at a bookstore and making 12 grand I like literally could picture myself sweeping floors like with some janitorial (laughs) broom you know (laughs) and uh, working the cash register and stuff. Um, I had a whole vision of it. But then I left that call and I went to eat dinner. And as I'm there, I'm starting to kind of freak out a little bit. Like, wait a second, why would they pay somebody that much money to work at a bookstore? And then I'm just thinking, (laughs) man, that doesn't make any sense. This is probably like selling something. Like this is one of those too good to be true things. It's not going to work out for me. So I literally like conveniently had to go to the library so I could kill time 
so that I wouldn't make the appointment. And then I could go and tell him, you know, in my Christian ethic of going to Wheaton College, dude, I'm sorry, I had to go to the library. So I, I'm at the library and I'm literally running it by people. Like, does that sound legit to you? I'm supposed to be at that thing any minute. Wow. Anyway, long and short of it, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. But I was walking home to my dorm and I actually had to walk past the building where the interview was being held. And as I was walking oh, yeah. by, I just, the gravitational pull and the guilt was like, man, I should be in there right now. And it's 45 <laughs> minutes after it was supposed to start. So I'm probably oh, safe anyway. So I go in there and uh, did you guys ever get to meet Craig Soder? I did. I love Craig. Yeah. He's such mm-hmm. a wonderful soul. All right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So Craig was running the interview and that dude, it's like, he's got nothing else to do except to talk to whoever's in the room for as long <laughs> as possible. So he was just getting warmed up and no joke. I, get, I start doing this, like this interview thing and he's acting like it's no big deal. Like let's get started. You know, there's other kids in there. Yeah, they're probably like, what is going on? We're starting over or what? But anyway, it just keeps going. And then he pulls the book out and I'm like, wait, we have those at my house. And he goes, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, when I was like 10, this dude came by and my parents, like they didn't have any money, but they were like, hey, this guy wants to talk to you guys about school stuff or something. And I was just getting ready to leave to go play baseball with my friends. I remember I was wearing my Milwaukee Brewers jersey that I was going to go play baseball in the empty lot. And uh, so he's like, no, get in here. you got to sit and listen to this thing. And I was all pissed off, just like the worst kid. And I learned for future selling, if you get that kid, you just let him go. Like, he's not going to help you. Let him go. (laughs) So they do the whole demo. And then... uh, um, the kid was like, so do you think that's something you'd use? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he must have put on some heavy guilt then to eventually sell uh, those home. My sister was there and she was like, yeah, I'd use it. And my parents were like, fine, we'll buy it. And now like, can I go now? So I leave. Well, anyway, Craig is like, yeah, that's the thing. And I'm like, well, okay. And I know even if I didn't use it, people buy these. And it seemed to be legitimate because I'm like, this is like, I remember my dad later that summer going, yeah, you know, that guy that sold us those books, I bumped into him at the grocery store. He remembered my name. He was asking about you kids by name. What a great guy. So I'm thinking whatever happened, my dad had a positive association with the whole thing. Wow. So Craig basically takes me through the rest of the thing. And at the end, he's like, how's this compared to other options? You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, this would be my best option. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, can you work hard? So I'll be teachable. He closes me and I'm like, ah, could I um, maybe just go back to my room and think about this for, you know, a night or something? And he goes, oh, sure, sure. But let me ask you something, Pat. <laughs> Is there anything about this that freaks you out? Maybe makes you a little, you know, a little nervous? I'm like, yeah, all of it. All and of he it. Goes, oh, he goes, do you think you're going to go back to your room and maybe talk yourself into it over the next day? Or do you think some of that fear might get to you and you might talk yourself out of it? And I was like, yeah, talk myself out of it. <laughs> and he goes, 
well, is it your best option? I'm like, yeah. And he walks me through, you know, experience, money, you know, challenge, personal growth. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And I signed the DA and I was in. Wow. And it was like, <laughs> and, and it wasn't until I got to, like, right as we were getting ready to leave at the end of the school year, and I'm cleaning out my room. Now, my student manager did a great job of meeting with me weekly. But and he was like, you got to have this memorized before you leave, right? The sales right. talk. And then I'm cleaning my room out and I'm like, oh no, I found the sales talk. And I'm like, I got to know this by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What time of year were so, you recruited? Oh, got coffee stains on it. <laughs> yeah. It was February. I was a February recruit. So it's perfect timing. So I, yeah. but I didn't look at it, you know, so I'm, so I sit down on my bed and it's literally the sheets are off. Like the room is empty. And I'm like, okay, I got to start memorizing. And then I was like, oh, I'm freaking out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, what if I just don't show up tomorrow? Like oh. they're going to leave. They're just going to go. And then I'll go home and do what I did last summer. And then I'll explain it when I see him at school next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how teetering I was, you know? And so I eventually I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just do this thing. And I'll work on memorizing it and we'll see what we can do. And so I went to my first sales school and uh, I wasn't able to get through a full presentation until the last night of sales school. Um, so you know it's going to be a good summer, right? <laughs> that's right. I was like, well, I did it. Now I'm good. So let's go, you know, hit the book field or whatever. Um, yeah, that was, that was how I got started. And so that's where did wild. you fill that first summer? I'm sorry, I'm asking all the questions here, Andres. Do you have anything? That's okay, go on, man. Do your thing. All right. Yes. Well, uh, so then- Where'd you sell? Okay. So we got sent to North Dakota. Um, we North Dakota? Up, I've never heard of anybody dude. selling up in North Dakota. Oh, no. <laughs> dude, it was the best. But I will say this. We had a mini org. It was like 15 people, three student managers, and uh, 12 first years. Nice. And- what they the way North Dakota's laid out is we were on the eastern side of the state for Fargo. eight weeks. Yep. And I was in South Fargo. That was my high school district. Nice. And I worked all that. And then after eight weeks, the entire org moved on a Sunday, <laughs> met in Bismarck for a Sunday meeting, got our new territory, our new roommates sent out had to set up a new hq and start work the next day and wow. with the whole org did it it like it was seamless the 90s just perfect you didn't have pr issues to worry about you didn't have people being super skeptical so you could actually do something like that and oh, it was awesome. everyone's like we're doing well anyway so let's let's head on over and i'm sure that that was a pretty good org it sounds like I will tell you how good that org was because actually what I learned that summer has been one of the fundamental building blocks of how I wanted to build Southwestern real estate was based on that org because Todd McWhorter was the OL. Nice. um, And Todd, I think that summer sold like 13,000 units. Um, It was like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's top 10 all time. Number seven, I think. So is he really? Yeah, I mean, Nick knows this kind of stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just in the back of the super clutter book stuff. Is it? Yeah. Todd um, yeah. 70,000 well, units. Oh, man. Yeah. I think yeah. he was on his 10th summer when I met him. 
And he would just like sell for three summers or three, three months, which would fill up his bank account and he'd travel the world and then Perfect. sell books again. Nice. And then he did grad school wow. and he just keeps, you know, was, but anyway, he was such an impressive person for me because he would, the very first meeting before any of us knocked on the door, he was like, you guys, let me just tell you what is going to happen for our group. Um, all the student managers are going to be hitting President's Club probably by the second week. Then, and we're just like, no way. And he's like, yeah, and we'll probably all hit more pretty soon. If not, you know, at some point, we're like, Mort? Like, are you kidding me? Like, wow. we don't know anything, right? And he goes, guys, it's not that big of a deal. Tons of you are going to hit President's Club this summer. Probably chairman. I would maybe even more. And we're like, no, we're first years. You can't hit President's Club. And he's like, it's not that big of a deal. And it was just like, whoa. Well, I will say this. Wow. Out of those 12 first years, we lost three. Okay. And I have a couple stories about that. But <laughs> the nine that stayed, yeah. seven of them were in the um, Superstar book. And Whoa. the worst kid in the org sold like 1,600 units. He actually won the Sizzler trip and he felt like a total loser because he was the worst first year in our group. Wow. So it was something else. Yeah, the Different couple of those kids that were early champions, um, <laughs> there was this dude's, well, I won't mention his name, but he was <laughs> at my breakfast spot the first day and my student manager, Jason, was there. And he, like, we're eating breakfast, and he literally is like, so, 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 uh, Jason, uh, what do we say when we get up to the house again? <laughs> I completely like, forgot everything. Ah. He's like, the approach, the approach. And I was like, wow. oh, this kid is gonzo. Right? And he was. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. Andre. But anyway, so we did all that. That was our first yeah. Yeah, North Dakota deal. And he was. Hold on a sec. So that that the first summer when I mean we just got I just gotta make sure I don't lose this later on. We're talking about you know southwestern real estate, but you mentioned that that lesson that you learned. So I'm gonna pin that as I'm saying this. Um, and so just okay. for that case, but as you're going along, and so because I remember so back to kind of what you were talking about, um, you were teetering pretty much the whole way up to up to sales school right like you almost didn't even yeah. go to sales school at what point did you go okay i have to come back for another summer or like what what what, what happened to you that first summer that like convicted you to that or were you one of those where it's like no way never doing that again and then yeah you know, so march was, of the next year that. so like <laughs> i had a crisis my first day uh so i was on foot right i mean i brought a bike but you couldn't really figure out how to we couldn't figure out even how to get it to my territory and stuff so i was just uh, walking all day 13 and a half hours a day you must have um, pretty strong legs then oh my gosh i would get gosh. leg cramps all night it was horrible um and we our headquarters we found some dude who had all these apartment buildings and all the college kids were gone for the summer so he's like i'll rent you a couple of apartments real cheap um but we had no furniture so literally a sheet on carpet was my bed. And I remember one of the first days uh, seeing some dude throwing out old carpet padding. Like they must have had a, gotten new carpeting or whatever. And says, and I was like, hey, after he rejected me, you know, I was like, 
what's with all that padding out at the street? And he goes, well, it's just old carpet padding. I'm like, hey, so my roommate's going to pick me up at 9.30 tonight. Do you care if I swing by and grab some of that? <laughs> and he was like, you want my old carpet padding? I'm like, if you don't care. And I, Will Arthur swings by to pick me up. I'm like, dude, we're swinging by this house. Now I just layered carpet padding over and over and then I put my sheet over that and I was golden. It was like the best night's sleep ever. <laughs> but to answer your question, Andres, so um, the first day at about 10.30, I remember knocking on a door where nobody was home and I just didn't want to leave. You know, I was just like, I just want to stand here and like, I don't want to go to another house. And I remember looking at my watch and it was 10.30. I was just like, I, I got to figure out how to get out of here. And I had like 15 bucks left in my pocket, or, you know, and I'm like, I don't think I can get to Wisconsin on bus for 15 bucks. So I literally start role playing what I would have to do to get home. And I was like, I have to call my parents wow. and I had to get them to somehow give me some money. Like there was no Venmo. We didn't have cell phones. I would actually have to walk to a payphone, get quarters, call my parents, and then I just envisioned everybody going, like showing back up in Clinton, Wisconsin and everybody going, hey, I thought you were doing that thing. Like, and I thought I could probably tell them how, yeah, it just wasn't really that cool of a thing. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. I could say face. But the more I role played it out, the more I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I just got to commit. Um, and, and so I did. But that was kind of like where I was at most of the summer, like, I am doing this out of sheer determination. And then when it came to the end of the summer, Todd McWhorter like uh, pulled me aside at like, you know, week 10 Sunday meeting or whatever. Now keep in mind, I did sell like 43, 4,400 units that summer, but half mm -hmm. of it came in the last three weeks. Wow. So I was wow. real slow going like uh, 100 units, you know, 180, 250, 300, just, slow build and then hit you know 500 550 650 and like finished real strong like that well uh i had already been doing well and todd pulled me aside and he's like hey we're starting to talk to people you know and i really want to see you come back and be a manager and i was like hell no <laughs> hell no i was like todd seriously i've been telling myself all summer all i have to do is finish and I can hold my head high. I did what I said I was going to do, but yeah. I am not doing this again. And uh, he, I don't think he was expecting that. I think I was like that layup that he was trying to sign me up first to build up the rest of the people that sign up. And right. uh, the weirdest thing about it was, I, it was true. I had said that to myself all summer, but when I said it to Todd, it didn't sound legit. Because Todd was like oh. summer 10, like crushing yeah. it out of the world and had passion and like understood why this is important for a person. So much passion. And he got it. I love yeah, and he's, his The maturity with which he could understand what that experience is was so different than me. You know, I'm like a baby trying to do this thing. <laughs> wow. And he was just like saying whatever. And I don't even know what he said, but it was saying it to him that made me go, dude, that is not what I've been doing all summer. Uh, in fact, it's because it's that hard, 
I, okay, so this, I don't mean to sound, make this sound weird or anything, but it was like, if there were, if there were five times in my life where I felt like God intervened in my thought process to go, yeah. that was one, because I remember going, like feeling like God was saying, I'm going to need you to do a lot of hard things in your life. You didn't know that this was going to be this hard, but you committed to it and you stuck it out. There's going to be some things you're going to have to do. And you're going to know how hard they are. And you're still going to have to choose them. And I was just like, all right, I'm in. Like five minutes after, hell no. I was like, yeah, I'm in. And he was no like, way. so yeah, I'm still, I'm still in. You know? Wow. That, that was <laughs> a mark. Yeah. Well, like, well, so first up, I mean, it's not, man, you're free to talk about however you want, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to talk about. It's not weird. So it's all cool. Besides, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, we've all had moments where whatever you want to what you call it, God, universe, or I call it God, but yeah. people, and that's a, a chills moment where, you know, you understand that life is, is nothing's been clearer, right? That it's so, it's yeah. so clear that you're like, this is definitely the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome, man. That is so cool. And then, I mean, yeah. I'll say, okay, so let me ask you this. So at that point, were you like, okay, I'm going to be here for like Todd for a while or was it, or just like, okay, one more summer or, you know, yeah, what was the attitude at that point? I just got to get through that threshold of choosing the hard thing, right? So then I get to mm. check out and I didn't realize, like, I know I was watching my name go up in the pace setters, which they sent out on paper, you know, I'm like, yep. whoa, mm -hmm. oh, I'm yeah. like, so I'm like, checking out with all these kids and they're like how many units did you sell <laughs> you start telling them and people are like what and they're <laughs> like this guy's so and you're just like this feels really good yeah I'm like a stud yeah, they get you man you are you like your that. units don't forget yeah. <laughs> and, I, and i'm you know and then and you territory matters <laughs> well, and that's why i was scared about my second summer i'm like they're never going to be able to find a place as good as north dakota <laughs> but I was like talking to this, talking to these dudes. And then you go out on this, you know, on the town, you go to San Antonio Taco in Nashville and you're just like, oh, like yeah. feeling like Mark a celebrity. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so person after person was just like gushing on me. I was like, yeah, this is awesome, man. I didn't know how good I was, but I'm awesome. Nice. So I kept, I came back and then the next summer, we went to Iowa and it was just like, uh, I brought five people out nice. and four of them quit. Yeah. Four of them quit like uh, within the first two weeks, you know, it's like worse no than peace. That's not as good as PC. I mean, PC and recruiting is great until it's like, okay, I got one now. So that's right. Yeah. And I will say this, like, uh, this is actually a pretty amazing story that has always stuck with me, but, the guy who was my best friend at school, uh, his name's Colin. And Colin was the one who didn't quit yet. And uh, we had this little basement apartment of a house where there had been an attic fire like the earlier in the year. So the house was shut down. Nobody lived in it. But the basement apartment, the guy had rented it to us. Uh, so we're in South, Southwest Iowa and uh, all my team's gone. And nice. <laughs> I get home, I get home on a Saturday night and um, Colin, I was like, Hey dude, I ordered some pizza and they're going to be driving by to deliver it. So I'll meet you on the back porch. Um, well, I guess I must've been talking to him because we didn't have cell phones, but whatever. 
So we're sitting on the back porch, the pizza's delivered. And he goes, hey, I got to tell you something. Um, and I'm like, oh, no. And we are best friends. And he goes, dude, I saw a sign for I-80 today. And, you know, I-80 goes straight back to Wheaton, where a bunch of our friends are. And then it goes all the way to Virginia Beach, where home is. And I got to tell you, I almost got on it. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. what? Nuh-uh. I mean, you're my roommate. I was like, oh, man. I was just like freaking out. You know, it's like, this is all disappearing right in front of me. And I could have been okay with the other four quitting. It was just whatever, you know. But with Tim leaving, I was like, no, dude. And I'm like, well, why, why did you feel that way? And he goes, I don't know. I just kind of feel like maybe, you know, people probably aren't even going to use these books. And it's like, I don't even know if I'm doing a good thing. Ooh, that's and a I, sensitive topic with you, it would seem like. And I was like, just like thinking, I don't know what to say here. I'm like a first year student manager. I don't, I'm not equipped to handle this conversation. And somehow I was like, but Colin, didn't you say like a week ago you wanted to get a set of these for your younger brother and sister? Mm. And he goes, oh. yeah, I did. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, yeah, all right, I'm good. <laughs> and then he comes up and went in the house. And right. I was just like, no. And that dude, that dude sold over 4,000 units that summer. And he wow. was my roommate for three summers and was the best man at my wedding. What? <laughs> oh, man. That's just like, how you, wow. All right. Whoa. That, that's a pony right there. Yeah, right. That's a pony. <laughs> What's his name? Colin Sheehan. Colin Sheehan. Yeah. Yeah. Colin so Sheehan. I, I have the same story, but that's because my best man would probably be Danny. And so yeah. I, mean, I gotta keep that's him. Right. So. <laughs> I that's right. I have a college, so there, that's there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's so wild. That isn't yeah, it that funny is how you meet else. people like that. Like it's that's just it's we. I mean, I've been to so many book weddings, even just this year, uh, the Q's wedding yeah. last yeah. year, you know, and you bump into uh, you bump into people who you know you haven't seen in years, and it's like, man. You're awesome. Yeah. I miss you. You know, and you catch up and it's all good. And that's there's that vibe again. And you're just such good friends. Yeah, that's yeah. what this podcast is kind of about. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of cool. And so you know, awesome. it's like even Todd and uh, a few of our dudes, Kevin Kalam, Matt Llewellyn, Brent Gravy, uh, Dave Ness, these are all guys I sold books with that are I we don't get to talk very often, but it is exactly that. I can call them. I if I see something funny on TV that reminds me of them, I can send a yeah. little text to them. And we'll we'll do a text string for a day and a half, and it's like, yeah. well, I, I might not see him in the next year or two, but it's that legit. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. And people people don't understand it. Like sometimes, I mean, people do in general because they have similar experiences in other organizations. But there's still something different about like when you when you just know a book person you know yeah. like it, it, it my friends uh my girlfriend for example sometimes will meet people who are book people and i always tell her like you can always yeah. just, there's something about there's something about them that's just a little different but it yeah. just kind of clicks with us it's weird <laughs> but it's kind of fun it's the truth it is the, it yeah. is fun yeah i actually i i've said this on another episode maybe you can recall it pat since you've listened to every single one it's probably but uh todd mcwerder your old ol i love yeah. what you said about how um in college he was in like sig up and so whenever he'd meet a sig up in 
the wild. They'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, so yeah, you know, you know, brother this, brother that, right? Throw yeah. the signs and um, you know, really all you, you knew about a SIGEP, if, you know, there's a fraternal bond is you were really good at drinking beer, right? <laughs> and so this is, this is all from the GRS2 speech in Denver. I remember it vividly. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was great. And so um, oh, he talks about that bond and then he's like, but with someone who sold books, when you meet them in the wild, right? I just out somewhere, there's just like an instant connection because yeah. it's just like you know you sat on a curb and cried like you went yeah. through some rejection you were far away from home things didn't feel right yeah. you were in this like new space doing something that made you grow in spite of like your willingness to say I don't want to do this next year or whatever you know Pat your experience was for me I loved books but I also hated the rejection it was just so difficult and that's why we all keep doing it, right? And that's that's yeah. a special that's breed, awesome. special breed of person. In fact, I want to point out that I've got my third summer New York license plate. I actually got um, license plates when I was in my turf, typically. Um, just oh, right. Timing of like changing out the plates happened that way. So Vermont <laughs> is right here. You didn't like people going out of state plates. It was great. It was great to have oh. in-state plates, not going to lie. Um, but yes, um, Nebraska, of course, back home. And I've got plenty of yeah. pictures of like friends that I, that's awesome. my org right here um, from my second, third summers. And um, it's wow, just that's cool stuff, you know? So yeah, well, the awesome. only award that I have on my uh, credenza here is uh, Gold Seal Gold from my first yeah. summer. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it, but Beautiful. whatever. Oh, that's a yeah. way better Gold Seal Gold award than what I got. Mine's like, a little rectangle. Uh, I just have a medal. 80 I'm, hours. I'm, yeah. Let's go. That's so yeah. awesome. Look at how brain hey, brainwashed we you know, were. But we worked hard. No. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I mean, I mean, it was funny because when people, you know, it, people joked about it being a cult, like went in the incident. It's just like, we go, ha ha ha. And then we didn't laugh. But at the same time, it's like, man, everybody drinks Kool-Aid. Ours just hey, had a really good it, flavor. That's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. okay. So I... I will say this because I knew the cult thing was going to come up at some point because it does in every episode. So here's what I will say because I think that this is to, to keep it fair. Mm -hmm. When you have a company that is the entire sales force is college students, mm -hmm. like that is the, the whole thing rests on a few thousand college kids <laughs> selling for a summer. That's okay. True. The entire yeah. thing is on college kids. Yeah. Even if the company wasn't weird about like, you know, the little phrases and the mantras and the things and it's like yeah. college kids would turn that into something weird because that's yeah. kind of the fun that you yeah. have and need when you're in that thing and the charisma yeah. that you want to use when you're bringing somebody in and you want to make it into a group and we all care about each other and you know, blah, blah, blah. So in, in the freaking superstar I, book, they have what fraternity they what fraternity or sorority they were a part of right so it's like of yeah. course you've got all that culture of like organization you got yeah people. there you go you got your presidents yeah. of your sororities and your fraternities be like yeah i want to go run a business and like be a stud and travel and earn a big paycheck and be a leader for other people that can do the same thing that's just like i don't know that's a unique setting for sure there's nothing like it compared to um really anything there's nothing like it. I, think, so I love it. I think it comes, I think it comes from the fact that like, I mean, it, it, 
it, it, I don't, I've never been a part of any other company that creates culture like that. Like oh, yeah. it, it's, it's pretty wild. And, and I think it has to do with the fact that they're the number one. Cause I remember when I first came to sales school, remember the cool card, how they do the cool card. Oh, Everybody did the cool card, right? Like, <laughs> see, like even that yeah. thing. Okay. So just, yeah. just start there. That's a really insane <laughs> thing to think about. Like you grab yeah. and for people who are listening, who did not sell books, I will yeah. tell you what the cool card is. So you get into Nashville, like day one of sales school, like this is the first experience you have of Southwestern yeah. and you sit there and your DSM's like, listen, and by the way, the message here is super powerful. And really like, I think what makes you good at selling books is just being able to just not have a cool card. And yeah. so your, your manager sits up and it's funny because before they'll, they'll like specifically pick a couple of kids who were like, you know, like extra cool that they give the bigger yeah. cool card to, you know, so like <laughs> they kind of have some that are handpicked, but yeah. basically what happens is the manager then gives everybody like a little piece of paper. It's like a little note card. And we write down like, I am cool. I am so cool. In fact, I'm so cool. I don't even need this cool card. Now, here's the thing. Why do I remember that? Because <laughs> you were know, the guy. No, I, I wasn't. Thank goodness. Oh. I, I would have been insulted. I would not. I, yeah. like, I, got, I got selected like remember? the last. I, I got selected like the last the Wednesday of finals week. So like for me, I like, couldn't be cool. Like I because yeah. I didn't know anything. Like I was okay, nervous, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so Why do you remember? anyway, so they gave you that. Oh, I don't know. I just, because we did it all the time. And so we, we, sure. we do the yeah. thing. And then the manager at the front goes, look, if you want to be good at this, you got to let go of your cool card. And so that was pretty symbolic and they would grab it and then rip it. And then everybody rips it and throws it away. And so the point of it though, and this is back to the original thing was that that's how you create a culture of people who, because, because to go do this thing, you have to just not care. And that's really true. that's what makes you good at like other things in life. I think is just, it's just, it's, is it scary? I don't care. Is it awesome? That's cool too. Like it, the, the ability to just do it anyway, yeah. whether it's scary or if it's hard or if it's long, just do it and it's yeah. okay. And it's and, and if it's a mistake, learn and move, just roll out. And if it's a, yeah. a successful then great, you know, yeah. and that's how it starts. Like that's yeah. the one. And so that's yeah. naturally going to create a culture because it's for the first time in your life that you're told, Hey, you can totally just be yourself. And actually that's what will make you really good at this, you know, and yeah. it's, and you're awesome and you can really be great and where you're, you're going to be exposed and you're going to get to grow and nothing else is ever going to challenge you like this or nothing has ever challenged you like this. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's pretty but, cool. And, you know, And just taking the idea of you've got to get your ego out of the way in order to do yeah. this thing because it can be pretty lowly when you're first getting started right right you think about right. it, like how like okay did you guys ever watch uh no this might this i'm sure this is before your time but you might have seen this on other places uh uh peewee's playhouse yeah like peewee course, herman's yeah. play peewee's playhouse yeah i didn't watch there it. was a I little it, thing. okay so when i was like in high school that came out and Saturday mornings and my brother and I you know would watch it and it was like the craziest Saturday morning Goofy. cartoon it's like for stoners you know so <laughs> there was a thing where the doorbell would ring at Peewee's Playhouse and he'd get all excited and yeah. run to the front and the door would fly open and there would be a guy whose head was like you know three-fifths of his body and he'd be like hello sir do I have a deal for you and he'd start <laughs> doing this little shtick and he'd slam the door and he'd be like salesman <laughs> and I, i'm thinking like i was literally in my first two weeks on my first summer just walking around going 
this is indoctrination of people. Like, how did I miss door to door salespeople are the lowest form of salespeople. And I just like would beat myself up all reflecting on Peewee's Playhouse. Oh, wow. But it, eventually yeah. it becomes your badge of courage, you know, where it's, it's like, yeah. no, no, this is a good thing. I'm doing a good thing. I will override all of society to prove that I can do this thing. Right. I want to awesome. give you a, I, I want to give you some shout out praise here, Pat, because my first summer I was given an advanced sales CD that had like nine different tracks on it. And it was each of the different portions of the cycle of selling. And, you know, as the approach all the way through close, it was nine, yeah. whatever. Um, and you did the introduction and mm. I, really? <laughs> I, yes, I loved that little like four or five minute little track of you talking about the introduction as a way to build up what you're doing in that community because yeah. i mean it's, it's kind of right in line with what you're just talking about when you like have this oh woe is me victim mentality yeah. going into knocking on doors selling kids books of course you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you man like nobody cares nobody cares until you yeah. can generate interest you can name names of neighbors like everything's going so well, right? When you can have an air of success is what you talked about. Um, people oh, are yeah. like, wow, okay, all right, this is cool. And so you're just like, even if you're like, you have had no sales, it's like Friday and you haven't had a sale and you're just like a, a struggling first, you're just like still brag about your turf. Like everybody's really cool here. Everybody's buying something for their kid's education because everybody cares about education. Why does it matter to you, Mrs. Jones? And that, that was like my favorite part of that entire CD and really helped me like get into my groove. And uh, it was just kind of cool that I'm getting the chance to chat with you on, you know, through the internet and uh, share jokes and stories about the same cult that we enjoyed. Cult, of course, <laughs> the cool short, short for culture. Um, and the fact that I can like speak to what you're like used to teach 19 20 year olds like that's pretty yeah. cool and that's uh, also pretty weird but it's also <laughs> the only reason why we're here right now and you're doing yeah you've done a great thing for a long time so that's awesome keep it up thanks i'm glad that that was helpful for you and actually if i had to talk about any part of the sales like for cycle sales the intro is the best part i mean oh, yeah. they gave me a cherry on that one um what i would say andres to this whole cool card thing is because you know one of the questions you'll ask people all the time is like well what'd you do for fun you know and then you get all these little squirrely answers of you know uh who was it that was talking about uh hitting for the cycle where he had to do an approach on one knee and see if he could get in and then <laughs> oh, an approach uh, on two knees and see if he could get in and then sitting down <laughs> and then laying down yeah. Okay, I've done a beast that? whale approach where I like somebody, floundered. Wait. Oh yeah. Hold, yeah. Who, 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 somebody the, did that, right? It's great. Yeah, there somebody was a, a one, of, one of our guests was telling about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I, was it Omar? I don't no, know. I can't remember. No. But somebody said somebody said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, seeing okay, now I, what I remember about selling books is I would hear about goofy stuff like that and go, yeah. Oh, I'm doing that. Yeah. And I would do it like once and then be like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> like, like, here. I would do it like when a first year followed me for sure. Yeah. Cause I was like, I actually wanted to elevate it 
to be this like really cool thing. Like yeah. instead of once you get, so you have to destroy, it's kind of like this. People have to develop an ego, right? Before they can yeah. dismantle their ego, right? Right. And in that way, you have to tear up your cool card yeah. to be able to rebuild your coolness doing this job that typically isn't viewed as super cool. But if you can get there, the level of confidence that you have developed in the process is off the charts. And I just felt like I never wanted to mess with Mrs. Jones because I felt like that would steal from the legitimacy of what is taking place here. Are you telling me? Are you telling me you got really cool at not being cool? I thought yeah. I was actually really cool at doing a job that I made a I made a job that wasn't cool look pretty cool. Nice. So yeah. you want to that. I'll take it. Yeah, it's a so, kind of cool job when you think about it for sure. So yeah, when it's, you when you get that confidence level right, where you're just like I talk to anybody, the dads, when you know that you can take the motorcycle dad and be like, this is going to be easy. Actually, this is yeah. going to be real easy because I know just how to approach this guy. And I know how much he wants to be involved. I know how much he wants to push this off on his wife. And he also doesn't want anybody, you know, tricked into buying anything. So I know just how involved and then set him free once he knows this guy's not a threat and she can buy whatever she wants because that makes him feel powerful. Like you just like you walk in yeah. and you're like, I know how to do this whole thing. But everybody goes it's away like, happy. And it's like, yeah, this is this is good. Right. Like that <laughs> felt really good. Oh, there was some about that that I could definitely feed on. Oh, yeah. That's a type of zone to be in. Uh, yeah. But then it's like a concept zone whenever you meet a new person, even later, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Did you so did you because because you were talking a little bit about your first year and like that huge lessons even that obviously translated till now but then when you because you became a dsm so what about like the leadership side of it how did that how did that impact you what did you pick up from there how did that go for you was it smooth sailing or was it kind of like you're selling where where it was like at first i brought two people you know and then you know how did it go for you okay so when i got done with my fourth summer um, I was officially out of school. So I had to do like an extra semester to do my student teaching or whatever. So I had like four and a half years of school. Wait, you had a teaching degree? Well, that's what I went to school for, right? Elementary or high school? Or- high school. High school history teachers. <laughs> I always figured I'd go back to Clinton, be the history teacher and the basketball coach, and that would be like my dream job. Okay. I was about um, to say football coach. But yeah. No, football, I'm yeah. not that tough. Basketball, uh, basketball for sure hey, um, <laughs> well, yeah. Go let's Bucks. not check the score yet um <laughs> right but um so yeah so i had that semester and then i was going to start interviewing and todd had always said to me pat we all do this because selling books is really really good for you recruiting and helping people do this will teach you a lot it'll help other people but you don't want to be a sales manager and uh, just Thank take a look so. at Craig. Well, no, he was he was serious because oh. he never wanted to be a DSM because he was like, oh. look at Craig. Craig is on the road like all the time, week after yeah. week after week. He's just always, he's never home. He's got three girls, never sees them, blah, blah, blah. Um, and 
we all kind of rallied around that. We were all kind of like, yeah, we're going to kill it. And none of us are going to be sales managers. <laughs> now, which is weird because a bunch of us became sales managers out of that crew. But that's hilarious. we all thought that's how it was going to go for a long yeah. time. But then, <laughs> what's up, Will? Oh, hey. Pat's saying hi to you. Oh, I'm saying hi, too. What's up, dude? Hey, hey Pat, how's it shot. going? Celebrity show. I'm shot. on a podcast. It's great. <laughs> Will. You're crushing it, man. I, I, heard, uh, I heard a little bit of it whenever I came in before, and I was like, I can't, I can't jump in. I can't interrupt. That's such a great story. Even just yeah. hearing, like, how you got into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good to see you, man. Too, hey, we need to we need to reschedule that episode, man. I'm I'm glad your kidney's feeling better, and we got to get Andy back to better we health as well. So yeah, or we don't have Andy, and we just make fun of him the whole time. Yes. cool. We do All right, too. we'll reschedule. We'll share, we'll Everybody we'll loves a good will. Oh, nice. We'll met you. Try. Yeah, he does. Oh, look at that. That looks gorgeous. Wow. What are the notes? Whiskey. The two hander. <laughs> he did he two-handed i had to it felt like the ring of power in liquid form i thought maybe you were shaking <laughs> Ooh, that tastes good yeah it's got some some heat to it yeah it's got like some uh yeah yeah, yeah. It's, mm, it's still lingering it's still there uh, yeah uh, we are not no, sponsored by whatever this whiskey is russell not yet but maybe that's what we should drink we should call russell's and be like hey you guys want to what we should do is Cheers. we should find an alumni who has like a whiskey or a beer, or like a brewery, and then and have them like send shot. us beer and then have I them think, sponsor us. I think you should just pretend that they're a sponsor and just say we're sponsored by these guys and, and just then, do a little commercial yeah. for them. Yeah. And then just forward the episode to them and go, I know you didn't pay for this advertising, but whatever, we love your whiskey. And they'll probably send you a whole bunch of it. Mm. That's actually and that's you a know, great idea. You what might not get any muscles? money. But you get some free whiskey, and that's better than money. I like the way you think. Thank you for sharing. Russell's Reserve. Uh, this is a uh, Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame mm. Master Distiller. It's fantastic. Uh, made in Made in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Thank you for not sponsoring us, but considering it. It's delicious yeah. whiskey. Yeah. And I'm gonna go. Everybody buy has some. some. I'm gonna run over to Everybody Vinny's go right after some. this and go buy a bottle. Mm-hmm. That's oh, right. Yeah. I gotta go buy a bottle. If you're listening. Don't drink a drive. That's right. Okay. You guys have fun. Thanks, well, this Dad. will all get edited out. Don't worry. I know. Oh, we'll <laughs> leave that live. We got to leave anytime we'll Metro oh. Giraffe gets in. We got to. <laughs> so, uh, what are we talking about? We're I was asking about. Oh, yeah. The, about becoming a sales. You guys manager. wanted to be DSMs. Yeah. Okay. So, here's what happened. So, when I actually got done with school and I started interviewing, because I was like, I definitely don't want to teach school. Like, I don't know what I want to do, but that's not it. Um, I just thought it was going to be like, I didn't think it was going to be my thing. So I started interviewing and I interviewed a bunch of different places. And I was like, man, I'm crushing it in these interviews. But I'm also crushing it pretty much exclusively because of stuff that either Southwestern showed off about me or I was able to exhibit because I had loads of confidence in talking with people. because of southwestern right so Mm -hmm. then i started to have this thought process where i was like well wait a second and and craig soder was talking to me the whole time about being a sales manager and so i was like okay first off now that i know that i can get a job 
like scratch that stressor off the list. I can get a job and it could be in one of these different fields. Um, then I was like, it, all of these fields, I actually could make enough money to pay my bills for sure. And probably even do pretty well. So I'm like, wow, okay, I can get a job. I could make a living and that's good. And then I was like, well, what would be the product of my work? Because and someday I'm going to die. And what would they say, you know, because your working hours is pretty much what you spend the majority of your life invested towards, right? That's you got your, what's that? That's the dash of your life. The dash. Yes. Yes. Mac Anderson. Yeah. Um, so it did make me go, well, if I'm going to spend that much time doing anything, then which of these industries would probably be the best use of my time? And all of a sudden I was like, man, I would love to talk to people about selling books. Like that's a game changer uh -huh. for every person. Yeah. So then I circled back around to Craig and I was like, Craig, I know I've been telling you no, 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 but I think that's what I want to do um, because well, I also can Rory Vaden. He talks about that in Procrastinate on Purpose, the significance calculation. Like what's the biggest yes. impact you can make? How can you leave yes. legacy? And yeah, I mean, recruiting a bunch of people to sell books and changing their life in the process definitely yeah. a good use of time so that's exactly what it was for me so i i also kind of had the feeling and i remember telling todd i decided i'm going to go full-time with southwestern and he was like you don't want to do that you don't want to do that yeah you look at craig's life you're not going to be you're not going to have what you want you, you're going to want to be with your family i was like dude okay first of all Craig's been doing this for like 30 years, okay? He's got hundreds and hundreds of kids to work with. All of my, I had like 15 or 18 people in my natural organization at that point. Zero were coming back. It just was kind of the ebb and flow of how kids graduate and kids have done their cycles and they like, it was just done. Wow. And I was like, dude, I have zero. Like, it's like, I don't have to travel anywhere for a long time. <laughs> and if I ever get to that point where this thing is interfering with my priorities, then I'll quit. I'll do something else. And he goes, you won't be able to, you'll have golden handcuffs. And all of a sudden I'm like, no, I will. I will be able to quit. And uh, essentially that's kind of how my story was written because I was a sales manager for a number of years. And when we hit, uh, when we had our third child, I was like, you know, I've been trying to juggle all the stuff I want to do family-wise with work. And I'm pretty much at the point where I want to be at home more than I want to help college kids anymore. And so I am going to quit. And, and I did. And that was the end of my 13th year, I guess, something like that. And then you... Yeah. Moved over so, and started a sister company. <laughs> so what happened was, so I, yeah, maybe it was, we'll see. I started in 93 and then I quit in 2006. So maybe it wasn't 13. Yeah, it was like 13 years. Okay. So here's what actually happened. So yes. I called Chris Samuels was my uh, director at the time. And Craig had transitioned out and was doing other things. And I was like, Chris, uh, summer's coming to an end. And I just need you to know um, I'm, not coming back like I know my group's doing well and everything but I you know since Kelly my youngest son is born I'm like I need to be at home I don't want to be on the road anymore roads make me really lonely I'm like just you know not 
loving it. So I, I need to quit. So they send you up the, you know, the ranks to see if they can change your mind or whatever. And I get to Henry Bedford, right? And Henry and I knew each other really well because uh, Hank, his son and Khaki, they both sold in my group. They were Cadillacs. So he and I got to know each other, especially when Hank and Dave Brown got thrown in jail. And I was like talking to Henry every day. And that's right. Uh, okay, you were, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, Henry, uh, you know, I'm going to start flipping houses. You know, I'm going to, I'd been doing some real estate stuff with Todd out West in Denver and really? other book guys. And, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I think I can flip some houses and make enough money to survive until I figure out if that's what I'm really going to do or if I'm going to do something else. But I just have to be at home. And he was like, you want to be in real estate? We want to be in real estate. Let's start a real oh, estate no. company together. And I'm like, oh. you want to flip houses? He goes, no. I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing. He was like, no, we want to start a real estate company. There's, you know how many people go into real estate from selling books and they're crushing it. Yeah. If we built a real estate company, they wouldn't leave. They could just work with us. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I know two realtors and they're both old ladies. And I'm thinking this is like the opposite industry of working with college kids because they are not concerned about improving their lives. Like they're just like making money and they're old and they're just like, it's not books, like nope. get down and break yourself down and really build yourself back up and like okay. really just going for it. So I was like, I can't see it, Henry. So I left and then I went and I started flipping houses as the real estate crash started to happen. And um, wow. there was this banker that I was having a meeting with. And actually I tell the story like way in depth in the action catalyst if anybody really wants to hear okay. the whole thing, they can go there and find that episode. Um, Cause it actually almost broke me completely to like verge of bankruptcy. Um, the whole flipping houses thing. Wow. Um, so that got pretty dark, but there was this banker who was not giving me money to flip out a certain house that I wanted to do. And because uh, he was a smart person, that's why he wasn't giving me the money. And I was talking to him and I told him about this whole thing that Southwestern had offered me because he and I knew each other socially. And so we were just chatting, whatever. He's like, Pat, if somebody gives you a chance to start a company, and they're going to invest in you, you want to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Yeah. He goes, yeah, that happened to me when I was out of MBA school. The business even failed. It was still the best learning experience of my life. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, um, okay. Well, and so that planted a seed. And then as things kept getting worse and worse in the real estate market, eventually I was like, I'm going to look into that a little more closely. Okay. So. It took about wow. a year from when I told Henry, I don't think I'm interested, but I'll think about it. So circling back going, I've investigated it. I've, I think I figured this thing out. And if you're still interested, I'm interested. And he was like, you're the president. Let's start it. Send me a budget. And I'm like, nice. a budget? He goes, yeah, like, how no. much you need to get paid? I'm like, what? Wow. Because <laughs> I was broke, no. broke, broke. Uh, I'm like, uh. Shoot. To the point where I was like, okay, uh, let me talk to Jenny and, you know, how much do we need to get paid? <laughs> so he basically started paying me like I was a sales manager. It was the same. And I was broke. 
And so he, uh, I eventually came clean with him, you know, like shortly after that phone call, like, hey, before we do this, you need to know, like I'm in a bad way. Um, but he was like, yeah. okay, thanks for telling me, let's, let's do this. And I that love, was, no like, love when an opportunity yeah. is committed to by another person, because it means that you don't have to, you know, search for all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And you're just like really solidified and I've got freedom, autonomy and support when I need it. So that's, that's awesome. And look where you are now. We've got plenty of people Dude. who have been on this podcast as well as eventual podcast guests um, yeah. who are working with you and doing awesome in real estate. It sounds so, like you've got a great culture. So, yeah. yeah. So, how, so then, okay. So now you are the sole person, president, CEO, and you know, everything for this company. President. And, and, Just president. Yeah. Oh, president, president. Founder but, and but, president. But he does all founder and president. Deals. Yeah. And but, so so how did you go from that? Like how did you like where'd you go? I just what was step one? Um I had to get a real estate license. Um, but then I just started doing it. Um, and I had figured out like a model that I wanted to follow, and I was doing that. And then but I was a one person company for the first five years because I had to figure out how to get my sales up. And the recession was like worse and worse every year. Yeah. But I kept growing my business. That's awesome. um, and so then eventually wow. a book girl out of this town that's way west of here, Sugar Grove, Illinois, she called me up and she's like, hey, I sold books for five summers. My husband sold books for a bunch of summers. Huh. My kids are almost all the way in school. I want to learn how to sell real estate. I want to work with Southwestern again. Wow. You think you could teach me? And I'm like, holy cow, I got somebody else to work with. Yeah. Yes. Who recommended her to you? I had sent out a letter to all the alumni in the Chicago market just saying, hey, if you ever need a bookman to sell your house, yeah, you're ever yeah, not wishing, a book girl, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I said, if you were ever wishing that you could have a bookman sell your house for you, you now can. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Here's my right. intro. Very cool. And Sarah is the only person who responded. And she was like, I want to learn how to sell real estate. Basically. Yeah. Oh. And she's still with us. And she's crushing it. She's, a, she's got her own office of people. And she's like, phenomenal. She's like my sister. She's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, long and short of it is we'll probably. So I'm hoping everybody that's listening to this doesn't know this we just had our best month ever uh in june yeah. by another 25 percent margin over our best month ever so we'll probably hit about five million dollars in revenue this year um and we'll have about 50 agents working with us um so i mean spreading around we've got you know people in let's see florida uh tennessee um nebraska texas uh, we're going to be starting in Colorado here uh, before the end of the year. Love Colorado. Two offices in Illinois. And then we started an office in Monterey, Mexico. Um, yes. Oh, Pepe. yes. We I don't know if you guys know Pepe Ramirez, but. Yes, I love Pepe. Man. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, huh. Dang, man. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because whenever, like this year, so last year was my best year ever. I sold about. Uh, well over 19 million dollars of real estate. I've already had like moving fever. It was it really transformed yeah. into a seller's market this year. Yeah, during COVID. Yeah. Wow. And this yeah. year, I've already sold more than 20 million. So halfway through the year. Wow. 
And so Pat, it's like, I'm not, I'm not broke anymore, but you know what my instinct is? It feels so good to not be broke. Like, I don't care how much money yeah. I make ever. I think my thought process will always be, it feels so good to not be broke. There you that are. sucks so hard. Yeah. Really Damn. bad. I mean, you, you yeah. said yourself that you grew up in that, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it was like my, you know, my dad had a factory type job and, you know, if they did layoffs, well, then we were like getting government cheese, government rice, you yeah. know, just, this, this, uh, this is one thing I'll never understand about why they do this at school. If you qualify for discounted lunch tickets, the paper lunch tickets, yeah. they were a different color than the regular price ones. Just got to show it off to make sure it's that like, everybody knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why am I walking up with the pink ticket so everybody can go, why is yours pink yeah. and everybody else is blue? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to use two tickets wow. and I'm going to get a double lunch today. There you are. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, Peter. It's just, it's just weird that, uh, yeah, like that kind of thing. And I think that was always a big part of how I process Southwestern is like, I can't be that much better than everybody else. Cause like I'm from Clinton, like, like not, I love Clinton. I love it. Love it. Most of my family is still there, but it's, it's still, you come up from that and you just think, well, everybody else is more talented. Everybody else is smarter. Everybody else is better mm. at stuff. There's no way I can hang with these guys. Interesting. And then you start to hang with it a little bit. But I think there's always a piece that makes you go, yeah, but they're still better than me. You know, uh, I right. always had to kind of fight with that. So how did you, uh, how, how did you, how were you able to handle that? Like, how did you, what, what did you tell yourself? I mean, I'm assuming you probably had to battle with that even even when you were at the top, you know, beginning the company where it's like, I don't even know how to do this. Like, how, how did you combat that? Yeah, I think my self-talk changed a little bit when I was starting a real estate company because I had all that experience with Southwestern okay, that I was I able to transfer yeah. my confidence onto that. So like I could go, uh, most realtors are idiots and I sold books a bunch of summers. So actually I'm going to crush it. And I'm going to show them all. And the oh, truth of, so it's like, I kind of took that and turned it into real estate to where it was my, you know, slight edge or whatever. Yeah. Right. But, but the problem is actually that was false too, because most realtors aren't idiots. Um, and I had so much to learn. I didn't yeah. even know how much I didn't know. So it was like, it was totally misguided too. So I just had to just mm. go about doing my thing. And then eventually you realize that that um, kind of the, the recognition, kind of the, the craving for that, that works really well when you're 18 to 22 or whatever. And then when you're like way older than that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, but, you, but, the, but the tricky thing is you got to let that go and go. This is true. This like is true. this is good. This, like this is helpful for me and I'm inspired to do it and stuff like that. But who cares, right? Yeah. Because we all say you are not your units. Right. But that's actually a pretty elevated thing when you're in the culture. And, and most of us say that because we know it's the right thing to say, but we don't really believe it until you actually mature beyond it to where you can go, whatever. I can tell you guys how great I am at selling real estate right now. And the market could crash in a couple of years and I could be struggling and just like clawing and fighting for survival. And mm. 
you know, nobody's going to brag about that on a podcast, but at the same time, am, am I more or less of a person because of that? Uncontrollable right. That, right there, right? And, and when I've seen how you can lose it and I've seen how you can get it, yeah. you go, oh, actually, I am somebody, regardless of success, failure, whatever, there's some, there's an essence of path that was created that's just fine. It just is. It doesn't need a lot of judgment around it. Mm. You know, just there's mm. a thing called Pat Roach, and that thing is good just because it was made, you know? Mm. And that is very freeing. So I really actually have to come back to that. Um, and I have to let go of, I mean, I'm happy to tell you guys about like the success I'm having, partly because I'm like celebrating it myself because I can't believe it. Yeah. yeah. And I also want to go, it's, that's a fun thing to talk about, but let's get real here. Uh, who cares? You know, in the end, it's just a part of a story. Right. True that. I mean, wow. That's that an interesting. Was, that was, <laughs> yeah. I, I want that to sit for a second because that was some, that went all over the place and that Oof. line is working wonders. And that ended on a very solid note. Who cares? Right. Gary yeah. talks about that. If you listen to his stuff of like, we could do all the earthly things. And in the end, it all amounts to struggles that we all want to bitch and complain about to somebody. But like, who cares, right? In the end, I mean, you could point to scripture and talk about how boasting is like, you know, putting your identity in something that really doesn't matter, you know, and mm -hmm. if we just mm -hmm. do it for the act of doing it for the sake of building other people up. And that's exactly what Southwestern really embodies and calls to is just like pouring into another person, helping build them up if it's through education, if it's through selling education, it's, it's a lot to, uh, to fill out and round out this, this whole human being that we are. And, you know, yeah. balance of course is another one of those themes of those episodes you've been listening to, right, Pat? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, the schedule is this and the, the balance is that and, um, I think that there are seasons that I'll just say this, my longstanding opinion is like, do a full throttle summer, at least like four out of your, you know, four years of college. I think that books is great to do to, you know, for a year's worth of time over yeah. four summers. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, really ingrains into your character. So I don't know. What do you got, Pat? That was that was kind of what my trajectory was because my first yeah. four summers were pretty on schedule. Like cool. I was on on on. And when I became a sales manager, uh, like that first year, my wife came out to live with me on the book field wow. in uh, mm. Western Mass. I know you love Western Mass. Heck yeah! Mm -hmm. So like uh, not quite Springfield, were you? I was uh, just next to Greenfield. There's a little yeah. town, Turner's Falls, that's like the ghetto of Greenfield, and I lived there. Um, but we, so we, Massachusetts, by the way, I spent two yeah. years there. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. so when she came out, it was like, oh, I'm running an org. I'm a sales manager. I need to sell, you know, 6,000 units, but I don't need to, you know, work 80 hours a week. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to hit 6,000 units. Yeah. And so then I would go, sometimes she would be like, just sell till you hit a hundred units and then come home and then we could hang out. And it was cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. so now the next summer, 
uh, she was like, hey, there's this opportunity for me to potentially get this tennis coaching job and math teacher is in the same district. So I'm going to stay home while you go sell books. And I was like, oh, I'm really okay. But here again, I'm a sales manager. I'm away from my wife. And I was miserable. And I sold about the same that I sold my first summer, about 4,500 units or something like that. Because I was like progressively more and more off schedule as the summer went on, you know, where I was just like Mm -hmm. a regular at two bars. Like I would literally, I had two roommates that were the most clueless guys ever. So I could hit two bars on my way home and then get home and do stat calls. And then eventually it turns into that's what you do every day. And it's like, habits. <laughs> I just got to get. But it was just like, I'm so off schedule and it feels so gross. Um, I'll fast forward to this. My last summer. Oh, I dug this out, dude. Yes. <laughs> what? Pre-approach. Pre-approach. <laughs> I mean, I was like, holy cow, I wow. saved one. The old Dang. school. So my last summer, I was in no, Georgia. No. And I, uh, I, I, <laughs> Craig was like, listen, just go for four weeks. Get everybody set up because you got new OLs. You got a big org. You got a lot of people. And then come into the office and teach you how to do all that. And so I went. But every other day, there was like some major catastrophe where I'd have to drive across the state and, you know, deal with some kid's car, do whatever, you know, left and right. And I was so, I was just getting more and more off schedule and to the point where I was getting scared to death about selling books. Yeah. And it was Mm -hmm. the last week and I was like, okay, screw all this stuff of dealing with the org. There is if I go into Nashville scared of selling books, I will feel like a fraud as I'm coaching kids for the rest of my career. Mm. So I was like, I just got to put my head down and go to work. And the next three days, I just worked at total book field and I hit 130 units, 133 units, 135 units. And that finished my thing. And I was like, I feel good. Like I'm recalibrated. I can talk to other people about this thing now. And I, dug myself out of off schedulness, like whatever, you know. We've all been there. Well, We've all been so, there. So so what you're saying, so what you're saying is the, the answer to every problem lies behind the next door. Because you just <laughs> went to you just went to work. Yes. Yeah. It works when you work. Talapusa, yeah, Georgia. That's where it was. That's where I finished out. Cool plan. Hey, real quick specific question, and we can get on to whatever topics you care to share about. Uh, Danny Gamboa, brother of co-hosts, Andres Gamboa. Hilarious right. dude. Hilarious dude. Oh, he's awesome. He's Danny's right so fun. I saw him work the Freddies. Yeah. And yeah. first of all, yeah. I was like, why didn't they ask me to do this? And then I watched <laughs> Danny do it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude is good. Oh, he's really good. Dude is good. He's a performer. He yeah. gets it from his older brother who also. Yeah. Really- <laughs> yes. So what advice would you have for real estate investors in today's market, 2021? It's been crazy. Prices shooting up, seller's market. What advice do you have for first-time real estate investors? Wow. Or any real estate investor. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. Every market is different. 
So the opportunities that you would find in any given market is going to be slightly different. You actually need a local person to clue you in on what are the opportunities here. Cool. Um, what I would say is this, prices are very high right now, okay? You, it is extremely difficult to get anything below market uh, right. because the, I'll just put things in perspective for you. Um, and we can talk real estate as much or as low as you want, but yeah. in 2006, right before the crash, there was four times the inventory of homes that we have today. Wow. So if you think about that, you know, it's supply and demand, right? Demand is high because the money is super cheap. Like interest rates are about as cheap as you can get. Yep. And if you only have like a small amount of inventory, like you just can't get deals. Everything sells. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the question is, well, what are prices today relative to where they're going to be? And nobody really knows that, but I think it's healthy to go into it going, all right, if I want to get something... I need to run the numbers to see if I can afford it now. So if you're going to get something where it's a rental property or whatever, you need to make sure it's going to cash flow enough so that you're not upside down on it. And that you also have to budget in a certain amount of vacancy and things like that, you know, stuff that's going to come up. If you can afford it now, then don't worry about if you're getting a steal on the purchase price, because it's probably not going to be your deal. If you can afford it, then go ahead and do it. I think generally speaking, most people are confident that prices are going to hold for or go up for the near future. So maybe you get another year's worth of appreciation before things flatten off or whatever. I mean, I'm kind of guessing I'm not like an economist or whatever, but uh, with inventory this low, the conditions should be stable. The other thing that was really different and why I don't think this market's really going to like burst or anything, I don't think it's a bubble is um, right before the crash, the, de- the down payment amounts that people were putting on their loans was extremely low. So you had a lot of 0% down loans. You had people that were, you know, 3% down, you know, things like that. And then when the economy gets shaken, those people are the most vulnerable. They go belly up. All that stuff floods the market as a foreclosure, tears everything else down, blah, blah, blah. I would just say... Um, Today, people have the people, the loans that you have to get into to buy property require, generally speaking, you know, you can still get a three and a half percent FHA, but most people are putting five, 10, 15, 20% down. So the yeah. market is way healthier. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's probably not going to blow up um, because they're just not offering these garbage loan products anymore. So, right. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but the point is if you can afford it now and you can maintain that then go ahead and buy property. I wouldn't be afraid of it. Cool. So Man. coming from the uh, Danny was watching. seller uh, right there. Danny, call me, Danny. I'll help you. Oh, yeah. I'll put you in, I'll put you in contact with somebody who can help you. Is well, he in Nashville? Uh, Where is he? Is he in Lincoln? Lincoln, Nebraska. He's in Lincoln. Oh, yeah. He's oh, being a dad. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Congrats to you, on Pretty out there. Yeah, Grant man. Help him? It's, it's a cute kid yeah uh grants down there yeah he should be they they chat they chat so they that's 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 a resource right there oh yeah uh, speaking of grant if you're listening we got to get you on here man so oh yeah, yeah. Here. and if you're in the market or Omaha uh, market or nebraska market buy a home from grant greeter so yeah, yeah. grants is grant is danny's realtor yeah okay good so, he's yeah. in good hands mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like all state but we're not sponsored by all state 
But we are maybe by Russell's burning. That's good. Hey, Bucks are so up then, 15 at halftime, by the way. Oh, yes. Okay, thank you. Hey, Giannis, Giannis is a two-time MVP for a reason. So we got to respect right. I respect the traps there. So. Um, yeah. As you as – you, um, Talk a little bit about, you know, when you were growing up, did you have like a mentor helping you out as you were like building uh, Southwestern? Like, who did you look to, right? Like, was it, who were you getting your your wisdom from? For when you're talking about uh, starting Southwestern real estate? Real estate, yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, so this was super cool. And actually, this is one of those things that um, uh, I have found, I have tested this in other arenas. Andres, I will say this. Um, when I, so my main point of contact was Henry. So Henry oh. and I would get together and he'd go, well, tell me what you learned so far. And I'd go, oh, I can't wait to tell you. And I'd do like, I would tell him my listing presentation, you know, and he'd be like, that's awesome. Or I do my buyer meeting with him. And I'm like, cause here's the stuff that you have to think about when buyers are, you know, getting ready. And this is the stuff I've learned. And when he's just like, wow, that's so interesting. And we, we're, you know, it was like just having a friend who knows a ton yeah. about business who would just, cause he's like, he doesn't know anything about real estate business. He's just a business person. When he was figuring, I would learn the real estate part and we'd put our heads together and figure out how to make a business out of it. Right. And I just remember on many occasions we would get to a crossroads and I go, yeah, Henry, I mean, I've been just crunching, you know, like just kind of going over this and over this. And I, I just can't figure out how, what are we going to do when we, get, when we deal with this situation with the business? And he would say over and over, well, let's just think about it. If we were selling books, what would we do? And then instantly the answer would be there. And I'd be like, well, we'd probably do A, B, and C. He's like, let's do that. And it was like every time he would just say, well, what if we were selling books? What would we do? What would be the logic? And I will, I will say this. One, one of my best friends runs a multi-million dollar business that he started from scratch. He's got millions and millions of dollars invested in this company from different investors that are super, super brilliant business people. And I was talking to my buddy the other day, uh, Barrett Ward, and uh, this was like probably a year or two ago, but I was like, just bear it. You know, what I keep finding is like starting this business, it's just all books. It's like, it, it seems like it's all books. And he goes, mm. dude, same for me. My business, it's all <laughs> Southwestern. It's all books. Everything, it's kind of the book, like everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten or some, whatever that book is. Yeah. He's, yeah. It's like everything I needed to learn to effectively run a startup, I learned selling the Southwestern. You learned in that school, right? At the War Memorial, legit. running up and down a oh. hill. Where I got a hug from Charlie Tremendous Jones. What? No Tell that story. <laughs> Go right ahead. It was, it was like it, at the end of, he was the keynote speaker at sales school. Yeah. And he's, that guy was a freak. He was like six, six, maybe, what? maybe six, seven, wow. you know, probably close to three bills and hey. old. And he was hyper and crazy and he was doing his whole thing and he was hilarious. Wow. And I bumped into him in the hallway after 
And he said, I, I said, Charlie, I just want you to know that I'm not going to quit this summer. And he goes, Ooh! and he puts his arms around me and latches his leg around me. And he's just like, Ooh! and I was like, what just happened? And I was like, that was Charlie Tremendous Jones. Wow. It was, it was a little uncomfortable. That, like it was. <laughs> what the? What the F, man? That's just weird. <laughs> yeah. It was legit. Like, I feel like. I feel like. If he, even I, uh... hosted, uh, he even hosted a Sunday meeting at his house in Pennsylvania one year when I had like a, three orgs converge to his house. Wow. He hosted everybody. Wow. So, That's epic. You should do that with kids selling in that. Yeah, you let me know. How, how are you doing on time? I just want to see the second half of the Bucks game is off, but I'm loving hey, this so 15. much. I mean, anyway. well, here's a here, here's a couple of things. Here's a couple of things. We could do like yeah. a, we could do like another like 20 minutes or something. We can go into the pony story, and then we can have you back. Like we can have you back on. Yeah, bring you know Todd McWhorter. Yeah, yeah, I already we, told we, Todd. I was yes. like, Todd, I sent him the Matt Atchison episode. I was like, dude, you got to get on this show. Yes, he's the best. <laughs> Following yeah, Todd true. was hilarious because Todd. Yeah would do like i didn't really model my game after todd's because it's different but what i did love about todd is todd would do things without ruining the vibe for his own entertainment you know like he was just like constantly like uh like every dog was sparky you know and and, and for some reason that just like made him happy just to call somebody's dog sparky until one mom was like how do you know my dog and he's like, well, every, everybody knows your dog. Are you kidding? I've been here about Sparky all summer. Wow. Like, but, but Todd, yeah. That's so good. That's, so good. <laughs> that's, that's how you have fun in the summer. That's a realistic way that you're right. over and over. You could actually just call people's dogs Sparky. And he, would, he was like, okay, so here's the key with the clothes is – you got to get real relaxed, right? Like the closing steps. Oh, by the way, did you guys have paper order books? Yeah. Like would yeah. you do paper yeah. receipt? Mm-hmm. And then you would yeah. take the the order thing and combine it with the next one and then combine it with the next one and duct tape it all yeah. together. And it was yeah. like an order yeah. bomb. And you yeah. just yeah. you just pull that thing out when you're getting ready to close and thump it on the table. And you're like, yeah. there's, you know, a few people have been getting these. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. and so he would always say just you, the key is the more tense that you naturally feel you got to make your body do the opposite and you just got to get more and more relaxed yeah and you just got to oh, sit yeah. back and chill <laughs> and the the deal was you got to see if you can get all the way laying down on the carpet and just you on one yes i did that i did and that my first time just lay down and just like Yes. So what I'll do is I'll send you a postcard as a mail. And uh, because they're not even watching you at that point, right? They're in their head going, am I playing this? Am I playing this? And you're just like, yeah, so what everybody like. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, man, that's okay, so, okay, so hang on. One more question from one yeah. more question from Danny. He said, what's a real estate book in, or any in general? So quick answer, a real estate book that you would recommend and uh, to someone looking into real estate or any book in general uh any book in general or yep. like that has to do with real estate Your i mean like Either i don't I, 
looking at a bunch of books I just read. I don't know. Oh, let me see. Hold on. Let's see. If... Heck yeah. Have you, Pat, you're like the have you ever read this right now. Finding a way, the Southwestern experience from the Southwestern Book Company. There you I go, mean, Danny. I don't know. There you go. I don't, Danny. <laughs> that's for you, but uh, I, I might. I might also recommend your brother's book because you still. I don't think he's still. I don't think he's read it yet. So that's maybe <laughs> restart there. Yeah. He hasn't. I, he hasn't uh, read my book that I wrote about him for. So that's funny. really. Yeah. Um, I haven't either, Andre. I purchased it. And I'm yeah. sorry. I need to read it. Danny, I'm sorry. I don't know much about real estate books. I bought a bunch of books when I first started the company, and I was like trying to learn how do you do real estate. And then I was like, this is not what I need to read right now. It's just not. So um, <laughs> we can take that discussion offline, I guess. That's a story yeah. for another day. It's a story for another time. Um, yeah. Okay, so I think Danny's it's time saying, now. I just and- got to say, Andres, and I'll let you rebut to this because Danny's saying that he doesn't need to read your book because he lived it with you. What yeah, that? that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. No, you've um, got to read it. I'm going to read your book. So anyway, okay, so we got to get to so we so we can get so we can get a path to at least get halfway through the third quarter here. But, okay, I'm going to tell you some good stories go. that are funny stories or whatever. Yes, right? Yeah, is that what I you want to hear- yeah, I mean, I remember we talked about the the a certain when I got on a hot run. Maybe. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So my third summer, um, well, the guy who runs that business I was talking about before is Barrett Ward. Um, Barrett and I were sales managers together, and nice. like, dude is like, we hang out a lot. Um, he lives in Nashville and uh, best buds. Um, after my second summer is when we met. And we realized we had some friends in common in Kentucky. And uh, so we were like, dude, we got a few days before school starts. Let's go to Kentucky and party for a few days. You know, he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we hop in his Ford Explorer and we're driving up 65 and his engine blows up and we're in Bowling Green. So we're stranded. (laughs) And uh, he took me, so we go out for dinner that night as we're staying at the Holiday Inn and we start talking about books, of course. And he was the one that was like, dude, hitting a thousand units in a week is no big deal. Like it's not a big deal. And the fact that you even think it's a big deal is weird because you hit like big numbers as a second year. I mean, 5,300 units, it wasn't like huge numbers, but I think I got my best week might've been in the seven or 800 range. So it's like, you know, good. And instantly I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that next year. I'm going to hit more. It'll be great. And so I kind of broke through just like a, with the idea of it. When I hit more for the first time, it was like my, uh, I think it was probably, so I was in Michigan. Um, it was a Saturday. Where I think I probably, it was I, my headquarters town was Caro, C-A-R-O, Caro, Michigan. It was like right here. Okay, Detroit um, then. Yeah, it was north of Detroit, south of Bad Axe. Cool. Bad Axe. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, and you know who I sold to that summer was that was the summer right after the Oklahoma City bombings. Ooh. And the Nichols brothers, who were uh, part of Timothy McVeigh and the Nichols brothers are the guys that were guilty for blowing up the building. Yeah. I sold to, to Tim Nichols, or not Tim, the other. Uh, whatever, Terry Nichols. I saw the Terry Nichols that summer. He was under 24 hour FBI surveillance 
and I sold him a set of books that summer. What the? F- I know. Say, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> and when I delivered what? his books, what? he was like, "Dude, uh, I'm selling these T-shirts for my defense fund, and wow. uh, you know, you want to buy wow. one?" And I'll autograph it for oh, an extra five bucks. So I have an autographed T-shirt from Terry Nichols Defense Fund. That's what it has his address on the back. And on the front, it says, the rights you save may be your own. And then it's Terry Nichols, like, whatever. But anyway. Wow. But anyway. But that summer, I was hitting more. And I hit it on my last house. I think I would probably hit it around 8.30 on Saturday. And what made it so awesome. And I knew going into the house. And she they had just the right age daughter. She was like a 10th grader going into 11. And I knew this is like, I've been jamming with up, you know, rising juniors all summer in yeah. this area. So I was like, this is going to happen. We get down to the end and the mom was like, well, look, this is a lot of money for us. And I know you want to go to college oh. and you've been saving all summer. And so like, I, I, I can't do it, but I will pay for half. And the girl's like, I, I'll pay for the other half. And I hit over a thousand. It was like a thousand and three or something, you know. And I drove away from that house, going, she wanted those books so bad, she was going to pitch in half her money. And I just drove away, and it's all gravel roads. And I'm like, I've got this Buick Regal with the sunroof back, and it's covered in dust, you know. And I was just like screaming out of this car as I'm driving away, <laughs> just like driving on this gravel road. It was wow. the best. It was just like such a moment, oh, you know, to go. Wow, I finally did this thing that seemed like I couldn't do it. And it felt so good at the same time. It was great. For Mortimer um, Utley. Mortimer. Um, That's fantastic. Okay. Another thing that happened that summer was that I, so back in the day, there used to be this thing. They had a voicemail thing set up at Southwestern where because nobody had cell phones. Right. So in the morning, part of your routine oh, was you do your breakfast. Yeah, You'd call the 1-800 number and get into the Southwestern voicemail and you'd leave all these group voicemails for all these people <laughs> for like all of winning tradition or whatever. That's cool. Well, <laughs> I, there was a day where I finished the day and I was like, wow, because I didn't keep stats like on a goal card. I would just use the back yeah. of my uh, order book and just mark stuff down as I went. Yeah. But I looked at the end of the day and I'm like, wow, finished the day with five sit downs in a row that all bought. I'm like, oh, okay. So I go out the next day and I did my stats the next day underneath that. And yeah. I finished the day's stats and I had 15 sit downs and yeah. 15 customers. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. That's Whoa, like twenty yeah, in a row. Yeah. And so then I just kept going, and the next day I started off, and I basically I ended up with twenty three sit downs in a row with wow. no calls, no door demos, just twenty three sit downs in a row that I bought, and I felt like I was in the zone to the point oh. where that last house on that second day, yeah, I literally said somebody was following me, um, and this was what was weird. This guy, Jason Kolb, was following me. And he, as we were driving to the territory, he was like, yeah, so Craig told me that when I watch you, it might be a little frustrating because people are going to buy and nobody's going to object. 
<laughs> like all the objections that I get, they're not giving them to you right. and they're all going to buy. And I was like, well, that's weird. And sure enough, he watched the whole day with every sit down saying yes, 15 customers. And it was like, I wonder how Craig oh, knew that. Witness. Like, Craig never followed me. He doesn't know anything, but he's <laughs> just looking at my stats and he goes, yeah, just everybody. So I, I, I still wonder how, like- How did you, how did you know do that? that? 50, you didn't get your 30 demos and that's not okay. Did you go to like Walmart or the gas station to get your 30 demos in? No, 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 no. So like, how did you, how did you have, like even catching people home who were like available to talk? Like sometimes you'd have people who were like total ponies, but they're like, just weird. Like, can you come back in an hour? Like I'm eating. Yeah, but that's eating. not a call. Cause that, that would, so, I would not call that a call. I would go on, come back and I'll count them whenever I do something. If I oh, tried right, to right. do a demo, it's a demo. And if I didn't, then it's not. So I had sat down with 23 in a row that bought. And basically at that 20th one, I sat down and I was like, well, listen, it was the last house of the night. I was like, here's what I'll tell you. You guys might like these, you might not. Either way is fine. But I do need to tell you the last 20 people I sat down with have bought these. And they were like, well, sounds good. We're probably going to like them. And I was like, probably. <laughs> and then we did the demo and they bought it. And it was just like, this is so weird because two years ago I could barely get in a house, you know. <laughs> yeah, you in were Fargo. Summer, that's impressive. No way, wow. man. That's just cool. so how many so total good. units was that run? Do you know how many units that run was? I don't know. You know, the funny thing is, I only had like for three or three days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everybody bought some. Everybody got a Bible story book. Right? Um, <laughs> I had probably in my entire career probably had 200 units in a day maybe five times and i hit more twice and i had a bunch of days where i was or weeks that were seven eight hundred you know whatever right. so i just was always kind of like around 150 units a day like 130 150 10 customers was kind of my thing like todd always used to say that he'd be like well 10 customers you know we're gonna work all day we'll probably have 10 customers maybe 12 who knows maybe 15 but uh, whatever, we're just going to work all day and have a good time. And so I always kind of thought like, whatever the stats, are, I don't, I would get like 60 calls my first couple of days, you know, first weeks. It was like yeah. stats that are just like, where are these numbers coming from? But later I kind of settled into kind of my thing is 15 sit downs a day, 10, 12 customers that kind of felt about right. And then, you know, you get some door demos and some calls in there and whatever. Yeah. And so, wow. yeah. <laughs> so casual, oh, not, goodness, not the experience man. that most people are having these wow. days. On That's so now, That's so <laughs> now I have to tell you, <laughs> but I got to tell you a couple of stories. One story from being a sales manager. Please do. And then two little tiny stories about being a host parent. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And then right. we can wrap. Okay. Please. Yes. Um, okay. So, um, so my first year, oh, that summer that I was in Georgia, right. Where I had just done a month on the field. And then I came in to the office and they're training me how to work with your people. We had this kid in that org who through the first three or four weeks while I was out there, total units was probably about a hundred units. Okay. We'll just call this kid JM. Um, 
then all of a sudden I leave and this kid starts like the next week gets like 300 units or something <laughs> and everybody's like there, freaking right? out that's right then the <laughs> next week he gets like 550 wow. and he's number one on the pace setter damn and everybody's wow. freaking out right what's this kid and so jm jm and so, so I'm a brand new sales manager, you know? So I'm in the office and I'm like, I got the number one rookie. I'm like, you know, walking through the halls of Lander Plaza, like, yeah, look at me. I got the number one rookie. The next week it was like 600. And then the next week it was 900. And um, just in this little That's office and, and Craig comes, you know, Craig's like, I'm like, Craig, can you believe it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Roy Lofton. Did you guys ever know Roy? Heard the no. name a million times, never knew him. He comes walking by and I'm like, Roy, do you have good news? You got a rookie that hit 900 units. Yeah. He's like, how's his remittances? I'm like, <laughs> I was just like, F you, dude. Like, whatever. Don't oh, be no, trying bro. to rain on my parade. You're just yeah. jealous, you know? Okay, the dude was padding all no. of those units no. and he had been number one in the pace setter for like four weeks in a row uh, <laughs> uh, so i'm like wow. a new sales manager and manager and i'm just like hey jam where are those remittances and then the stories just started pouring out like uh, well i gotta do this and i gotta do this i'm like okay well we're just quit quit selling books tomorrow go get all your money and get it to the bank and like it just the stories and the stories oh, it just got no. sicker and sicker and sicker to where he was like telling me oh. stuff that like conversations he's having with a bank teller and i'm like give the bank teller the phone i need to talk to the bank teller and she's like yeah there's no money in this account like, and he's standing right there and then he would get the phone back he's like no I put all the money in it's the money's there and like put her back on there's no money in the account <laughs> like it just got sicker and sicker and no. finally like you got to come to nashville he shows up in, so I pull him off the field. He shows up in Nashville and in his like luggage that was stored under the bus was a gun, like a muzzle loader, like a, like a revolutionary war thing that he had gotten somewhere. What? And I'm like, give me the gun and you're staying at the La Quinta while we oh. sort this stuff out. I mean, it was what? like, no way. Weird. But basically, I think I had one of the biggest patters of any Southwestern summer for a first year. So that's one of my claims of fame. Would you say that every wow. sales manager had a, a stat patter like pattern? Um, I would say this, like, as much as Roy was, like, annoying to me, you know, he couldn't, like, take a second and go, oh, hey, uh, you know, I've run into that before. Uh, let me tell you how it went for me. Instead, yeah. it was like, yeah, check the remittances, you know. Um, yeah. But the reality is, there. From that point on, I was like, if the money isn't there, the units aren't there. Right. And that was like, kind of eye-opening experience. Well, it's equal money. But here's yeah. the crazy thing. So, he had this crush on this girl that was in the org. Oh no. So I have him come into Nashville. His parents come down from Illinois. We sit there in this office with, I think, Dan Moore, um, and we go through this whole thing so that he could start to confess, right? Because yeah. he wasn't confessing. Even in Nashville, he was still lying about everything. 
Yeah. So we created this really safe environment where a little bit started to come out and then a little bit more and then a little bit more and then it started to come out, yeah. right? Cool. So we have this really cathartic experience. It's just like, and I'm just going, oh my gosh, this kid needs serious therapy. Like this is wrong, like whatever. How did yeah. we contribute? Whatever, you know, it's like, wow, a lot went wrong here. And then he's leaving to go home with his parents for the rest of the summer. And he turns to me and he goes, could you just do me one favor? And I'm like, has to do with okay, the girl. whatever. And he goes, just tell Trish that I love her. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, why did I say okay? Dude. <laughs> now so you I have go to. Down, oh my God. So I go down to the Sunday meeting and I do the whole Sunday meeting and there's this thing in my ear going, you have to tell Trish. You have to tell Trish. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, the whole meeting's done and I pull Trish aside and I'm okay. like, Trish, um, listen, you know what happened, right? Like, uh, kind of weird. Oh, no. But I told JM I would tell you, he just wanted me to tell you he loves you. Wow. And she goes, I know. I know. <laughs> they I know. got married. They got no. married. No. Yes, no, dude. no, no. I don't even know what I don't know how to respond, but that's we gotta have him on the show. That's impressive. <laughs> I don't know if they're still together off all the socials, but I mean yeah. that's man. wild, man. That was crazy. Oh my god. That's right. so this all right. Is last M. story about yes. about hosting. Okay. okay, so first time I hosted, we had this Mexican kid, Diego, um, from University of Arizona, but his whole family is in uh, Durango. And I was like, so Diego, like after staying with us for the whole summer, like, what do you notice about our family? Like, what's like, what's your take yeah. on our family? He's like, you have a lot of shoes. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I looked around, I'm like, there's shoes in every room of our house, like piles of them. And I'm like, wow, we really do have a lot of shoes. Wow. But that's not the great story. So here's the okay. story <laughs> that floored me about being a host parent. So we have this girl from Estonia who comes to stay with us and she didn't have any roommates. And it was like, she was fine. It was like her fifth, sixth summer. And they were like, you'll be fine on your own. So she, she was great. And we loved her and she would... You know, she was just like a good, good book girl by herself. And, you know, she would take the bus to her territory from our house, which is in the burbs. And I'm like, I don't even know how to take the bus. And she figured out how to get to her territory and get home. And and then she uh, one day calls me and she's like crying. And I'm like, are you okay? And she goes, yes, but I, I have this bike that I lost. And now I, I went into a house and I came out and it's no longer there and I no longer have a bike. I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'm like, we got bikes and nobody rides them. Like, just take one of our bikes. Like, when you get to our house tomorrow, you just take a bike and just go. Well, my wife had a really expensive bike. And, of course, <laughs> she chooses that one. Uh, now, granted, my wife doesn't ride her expensive bike. She just has it. So this girl takes the expensive bike. And then my wife is like, why did you let her take my bike? Like, you don't ride it. And she's like, yeah, but still, that's an expensive bike. Like, whatever. And there's this little argument, right? Well, 
another week goes by and she calls me crying. She's like, I'm so sorry. The bike has been stolen. And I'm like, oh, oh no. So that's like week six, right? And I'm like, I don't. And so I have to tell my wife. And it's just this big thing. And she's like, well, you know what? She has to buy me a, a bike because, you know, that's just the deal. This is a nice bike. I'm like, yeah, she has barely any money. Like, I don't know what her units are, but, um, and she's, I'm like, okay, but that's fine. It's fair. I'll bring it up with her. Well, it gets to the end of the summer and I still haven't really said anything. And she's like, look, I will buy you guys a bike. I will do it. I don't care how much it costs. I will get you this bike. And I'm like, okay, fine. Do it and just deliver the bike to our house and whatever. But the end of the summer quickly approaches. There's no bike. So I see that Dick's Sporting Goods is having a sale on bikes. And my <laughs> wife is like, okay, that here's the deal. We're going to get a bike and you can bill her. And then that'll be that because I need a replacement bike. Yeah. So this is six weeks after the bike was missing. Mm. We go to the mall. And as we're walking up to the mall, I see there's a bike rack sitting outside of Dick's you know, Sporting Goods. And as we get closer, I'm like looking at one of these bikes that has a flat tire on it. I'm like, hey, Jenny, take a look at that bike. That's not going anywhere with that flat tire. And then as we start getting a little closer, I'm like, wait a second. Oh my gosh. That looks like your bike. And she's like, <laughs> what? And we get up closer. I'm like, this is your bike. And I'm like, and she goes, yeah, that is my bike. because." you put that water bottle holder on aftermarket. Like that was like, that's wow. the thing. Wow. And it had a couple other identifying things. I'm like, so I go in the store. I'm like, Hey, does anybody know where this bike came from? And they're like, actually Joe rides his bike to school or to work every day. He'll know. So they get Joe, he comes out. I'm like, Joe, what's with this bike? Do you, when, when, when did you see this here? And he goes, actually, I just saw that yesterday for the first time. And I'm like, you're telling me this bike has not been here for six weeks and it showed up yesterday. And he goes, yeah, I saw it because I remember seeing the bike with the flat tire and blah, blah, blah. So I call her and I'm like, you're not going to believe it. That's we cute. found the bike. Wow. She's just dead silent. And I'm like, hello? Is that weird? And she goes, sometimes amazing things do happen. Like, what? what? <laughs> Oh, but that was that. We got the bike back. I didn't have to buy the <laughs> what? All she had to pay for was a new tire. Wow. How weird is that? That's like the response there is like, was this is like an episode of Ozark on Netflix? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it was kind of like, wait, do you know something about this? Like, how did this happen? I feel like something yeah. happened. Like, she might have sold it or something for money. Why did and he show up? up? She didn't know we were even know, going man. to the bike store. That's interesting. I don't know. I'm just That's saying. Wild. That was That's kind of a wild. That's a pony for sure, man. Whatever oh, happened, yeah. you got it back. That's right. Oh, man. Well, oh, man. This like, has you been don't fun, have to uh, buy us a bike. Right? <laughs> no, you're great, bro. This has, been, this has been so crazy. This has been such a fun episode. I, yeah. I miss this. We got to do these. We, I'm glad we're back. Yeah. I'm glad we're back. So it was yeah, a little yeah. hiatus there. Dude, I've been doing. missing your show. Seriously. I'm like yeah. going, listening to episodes where I don't even know people. And I'm like, uh, do I have to try this dude? He probably isn't any good, but every episode's good. Oh, yeah. 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 Are, you, are you excited for that Rosen episode? 
Dave, are you having Dave a Rosen. Next yeah, month, Dave Rosen's in a month, next in month, one singular month, we All will right. have Dave Rosen on Ponytail's podcast. He is All our right. scheduled podcast guest. We have another um, series of guests that we're trying to reschedule, and we'd love to get into our schedule, like a great greeter, plug, right? Time to we, We'd also yeah, Todd. Well. Todd, you gotta get on this. Oh, you know who else you gotta get is Sheridan McDonald, dude. Yes, I can get yes, you yes, oh, yeah. yes. We love to have Sheridan. Hey, yeah. I, I always bring this up because I, I try to stay conscious of it. We try to make sure it's a, a balanced gender ratio. Do you have any like killer book chicks that you oh, yeah. recommend oh, to have yeah. on the podcast? So, you guys ever heard of Sarah Jane Barnett? It's Emma's older yeah. sister. Yeah. Actually, um, Sarah Jane was the highest producing female that I got to work with. She crushed it. And she's the oldest of the Barnett clan. Um, she sold in my group for probably four or five summers, like worked huge brick and like painless. At least that was my impression. She's awesome. Mm, nice. Anybody I else? Ton of kids. I'll find you some. All right. I'll Heck find yeah. you some. We'll, we'll get those referrals. Yes. So. Oh my now, gosh. Well, um, we'll, um, we've got Will and Andy. Will Metcher, Andy uh, Laws. Um, you know, Andres is in Will's spot right now. So we'll uh, get him and Andy back on the podcast. They had some health issues keeping them from the times we thought they would be on the podcast. Yeah. So it's a reschedule on top of a reschedule on top of a reschedule. We're excited That's to have right. them on probably sometime soon. We don't even have it truly rescheduled, but. We're trying to get other people on here like Sheridan, like um, Todd McWhorter, uh, Grant. Um, we would love to have Sarah Jane Barnett. Um, yeah. Anyone else that you have been chatting with, Andres, or do we need to start fishing um, around for some more? We need to start fishing around, but you know, we got, we got plenty of people we can definitely get on here um, oh, yeah. for sure. Um, but I mean, it, regardless of where it goes, I mean, I, I, we're here and this is fun and it's going to continue to go. Pat. There's no shortage of, yeah. of alumni. So Pat, thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate your time. And then I know that you want to get to this game, but really you're just busy guys. So just the fact that you took your time to hang out with us today was super awesome. Super fun stories. Super and fun. you know, Love we got to get you back on here. We got to get you back on here. So just let me know uh, sometime in the future, we can get up an episode going. And because uh, we got more stories to hear from you <laughs> for oh, sure. Yeah. So right. um, with that, I am Andres, uh, Nick's my co-host, and we've been go on with Patrick Roach. Go, uh, <laughs> go, go sons or bucks, whoever. Go <laughs> bucks. Fear the deer. Fear the, the deer. It's here to make you some bucks. Go sell solar. That's what I do. So. <laughs> See you guys. Right, guys. Bye. See ya.